This is Unleashing Leadership, and I'm your host, Travis Moss. Welcome to episode 49, and this is the Ideal Team Player Recap. And some extra content to come after this. Episode 50 is going to be that team interview where we're bringing in Dave and Jess from Seed Planning Group, who have also done book reports on this book. And we're going to share notes and talk about impl- uh, implementation and the implications of such. So I'm very excited about that back and forth. It'll be the first interview style um, episode that we've done. I have no idea. That actually may end up being multiple episodes because I want to try to keep it so that it's chewable. So that uh, from a from a time perspective, you still can you can listen to this on the way to work and it doesn't become something um, overly time restrictive. Uh, but we have that. And then we also have a YouTube inspiration that we'll be hitting before we get into the next book, which is one of my all time favorites. It's one that we have every single employee read when they first start with us. It's called Surrounded by Idiots by Thomas Erickson. So that's what we have to look forward to. So let's just get into this. Remember, this is a recap of all of the episodes that had to do with the book. So even though I think we do a good job of tying the quotes and the YouTube stuff back to the book, we're going to leave that out and we're just going to do a recap of the book. So this is the summary, if you will. So it's a cheat sheet. Maybe it reminds you of some stuff. If you're jumping in just now, it gives you an idea of what uh, what we talked about, where everything is. And so maybe you can go back and reference that. But we started out with episode 31, which was about intentional culture. And we talked about the term culture itself and how that's like an individual's character and it's unique and shaped by all the events and relationships that it experiences. So it can be intentional, like from good parenting, or it can be accidental based on environmental or circumstance. And we talked about the difference between values and virtues and that the hungry, humble, smart framework is actually virtues, not values. I think in the book, they call them values. And we changed that. We said, no, these are really virtues. And the difference there is you talk about values, you do virtues. And remember, we were referencing Ben Horowitz's writing in this, this terminology. But it's the do as I say, not as I do issue, right? It's easy to tell people I have these values. It's hard to actually exhibit them. So When we're talking about this framework, we're talking about people who actually exhibit them, not just talk about them. Then we got to episode 32, which is all about being hungry. And hungry is not about money. It's not about attention. It's about the demand for growth. Remember, the hungry employee is the one who will not wait for everybody else to get it together. She's going to come in and find a way to make stuff happen. And then she's going to ask what's next. Then we got to episode 33, which was about being humble. We wrote the definition of humble to something like having an awareness of my own importance and not seeking to draw attention to it unless it's absolutely necessary. Acting in a way as though I am accountable to everyone around me and understanding that I am not the most important person in the world and not being overly concerned with my image. Humility is a choice and it is understanding when to put the fortress walls up and when to let them down. So if you're wondering what the fortress is, That's a whole discussion right there. Go listen to that episode. Then we got into episode 34, which was about being smart. So we were trying to define the hungry, humble, smart, what that actually means before we talk about how to use them. And so in that episode, we talked about the hardest of the three virtues is being smart because it can be used to manipulate others. Remember, we want to be surrounded by people who understand the power of their own personal impact but who don't use it to abuse others for their own gain. Episode 36, so we jumped from 34 to 36, was 
no jackasses. And we were talking about how people perform on a level of A through D. Remember? A is your superstars. B are capable of becoming superstars. C's and D's, these are the jackasses. C's are probably either going to become jackasses or maybe they can become B players. And you can basically, you can move up one level, but you can move all the way down to the jackass level. So, and the idea here is, is if you have A's and B's and you surround them with A's and B's, you're going to be great. If you allow some of those C's and D's to sneak in, it can suck everything down. So we want to be very, very intentional. <laughs> and remember our quote, if you want to be in the business of manure management all day, every day, go work on a farm. Otherwise, get rid of the jackasses. So then we got right into episode 37, which was about turnover, basically getting rid of the jackasses. And leaders don't get rid of non-team players because they're trying to be nice or because it's an analytic and it's being taken out of context. I know in our industry, particularly, all the benchmark studies talk about turnover. And they say, oh, you know, you're not running a good company if you have a high turnover. Now, turnover can be bad. Turnover, you know, if, if you have turnover because everybody hates you and doesn't want to work with you, that's bad turnover. You need to fix it. Whatever the problem is there, you need to fix it. But turnover really, all in its own right, as a metric, isn't good or bad. For instance, it, it could also be good, that same high turnover, because people are leaving, maybe they don't want to work for you because they don't believe, they don't have the same virtues. They don't believe in the humble, hungry, and smart framework. In that regard, turnover is a really good thing because, look, it's cleaning out the shelf and you get you know, to restock it with people who really believe in what you're trying to do. So it's really not a good or a bad thing um, if you're properly managing it. It's just a necessary thing. And that's counterproductive. We, we, we try to think about, you know, I'm going to be someplace and I'm going to stay there forever. Break it down into tours of duty, though. I'm here for two years to see if I like this, or I'm here for two years to do a job. And if I do a really good job, maybe I could move up to another job. And if I do a really good job, maybe I could go someplace else and get a better job. If I do a really good job, maybe there's other opportunities for me. But if I don't do a good job, what's going to happen to me? So if we look at things a little bit more you know, in bite-sized pieces, it starts to take a little bit of the pressure off of whether or not you're being successful because of turnover. Then we got into episode 39, which was about making fast changes. And we talked about the hardest decision are often the ones revolving our people who are no longer bringing value to the team. This is where, you know, we divert a little bit from the jackass policy. So jackasses are obvious, but sometimes we have somebody who is not a jackass, but for some reason has not grown at the same rate of, of the business or no longer has the same perspective of the business and it's time for a change. And we just discussed a process for this. First, you have to identify the issues. Then you have to address them immediately. You can't keep it a secret. You have to go and say, hey, here's the issues. We need to address them. And then you have to start the clock to the end point. If we can't address them, this is what's going to happen. You put everybody on the clock. That way it's fair. On either the behavior corrects or the person, it's time for them to go. And they're probably going to agree with you then. It's been a fair communicated process. Leaders make changes not out of callousness, but out of empathy. 
Because if you don't, it's cruel. It's cruel to have somebody on a team that doesn't feel like they belong anymore. And it's cruel to the other people. If you have somebody on the team and they're not aware enough to, to, to understand that they're holding everybody else back, it's cruel to the people that they're holding back. Desperation, episode 40. If I want to look forward to having you at my, uh, if I wouldn't look forward to having you over for dinner, or if I can't trust you not to steal my silverware, then I would have to be a really desperate man to let you sit at my table. We're talking about hiring and we're talking about firing, right? We're talking about that whole turnover issue. And sometimes we hire people, it's the fog and mirror syndrome. We want to bring people on our team. We have somebody on our team because we need somebody in a position. But if you can't trust them, and if you really don't like them, and and use the don't like part, stick to the framework, humble, hungry, and smart. They're not matching up with those virtues. Well, what's the point then? There's always going to be serious negative friction there. And chances are there's a reason why that's going to come out into their, there's a reason why you're feeling that that's going to come out into their job performance. So help them out. Get them someplace where they can feel better. And again, don't be cruel. Don't keep them there sitting by themselves. Then we talked about Don't Be Bob. This is episode 41. Bob is the guy with the dream and the charisma. But he's also the one that puts everybody at risk because the whole thing is built around Bob's strength. It's built around the business staying small. It's built around Bob always being the central figure. And we talked about how to structure recruiting and recruiting processes and why we need to pass on people who are very deficient in one of the areas of the hung, humble, hungry, and smart framework, um, or somebody who is below average in two of those areas. Remember, Bob likes to see the best in people and can take one good thing about a person and try to pull the most out of that. And because of that, people will be loyal to him and they'll stick together. But as soon as Bob's not available to be there anymore, all of a sudden everything starts to crack and fragment and fall apart. So we have to implement that hiring process because we have to make sure that, yes, people can come in because Bob has identified really great person here, but they still have to meet the, the entire framework so that if Bob ever is out of the picture, there's cohesiveness there, there's continuity, there's people that want to be together because they all share the same virtues, not because they had one quality or something like that that we were trying to amplify it's because they really did belong in the first place with who they actually are and they understand that and it's and it's um it's idolized throughout the whole organization those core virtues so everybody has something in common then we talked about episode 42 which is about being sincere and to connect with people you need to be sincere so this goes into that hiring process um, people need to know, remember K-N-O-W, they need to know that you are genuinely interested in them. So number one, they can't know it if you aren't. So if you aren't genuinely interested in people, you probably shouldn't be doing the recruiting, the hiring, and the management. Or right? you should be an individual contributor. But if you are, you need to be able to show people not just so that they think that you are interested in them, so that they know that you are interested in them. That's how you get their attention. That's how Bob gets people's attention. He makes sure that they know that he is interested in them because there's something that he sees in them that is very strong. And that is the special thing for that person. 
As you progress in your recruiting process, be honest what will happen if people aren't a good fit. Remember, people with that smart character or people high in the smart category of the virtues, they can manipulate it. They can tell you what you want to hear. People are are trained like that now, right? They actually take courses in, in college and learn how to how to interview and they watch stuff online, they read books on it. So you never know really if somebody, I mean, people can dupe you. You never really know if somebody is really pulling one over on you until you get them into, you know, onto the actual board. So what you have to do is you have to be sincere with people. You have to be honest with people in the recruiting. Hey, it's a fast pace. And if you cannot keep up or if you need all the attention or if you are not committed to your teammates, you won't want to be here. You'll you'll get found out and you'll want to quit. Or we'll fire you, one of the two. Guess what? People will weed themselves out. They don't want that kind of pressure. And you want them to weed themselves out before they get there, right? Because once they get there, now they're your problem to deal with. Before they get there, they're not your problem to deal with. So episode 44 was about teams. And one of the the key takeaways here is, remember, I can love you and I can still expect or demand more from you at the same time. Never let that victim mentality set in. If I'm being hard on you, it's not because I don't like you. It's because there's something that you need to hear. It's not good enough just to talk about your love for the team. Your performance needs to show it as well. Episode 45 was about the management team. So we talked about team, then we expanded that to the management team. You can have the ideal management team. That management team that they talked about in the book, you can actually build that. And I would actually go a step further. I would say your entire organization, every team in your organization, that should be built into. So from the top to the bottom of the organization, you should build ideal management teams for whatever teams you've got. But you need to build it. You can't just talk about it. And you can't think people are just going to imitate or mimic the people at the top. This is complicated enough that you need to actually teach it. So you start with ideal team fits for the positions. So that's the first thing. Get the right people on the bus, remember? And then pull together the consciousness of the managers. And remember, you do this through focusing on freeing up the flow of information. You focus on having personal awareness and you focus on constantly developing as a professional. Those are the three things that you're going to need to have that ideal management team that you saw in the book that almost looks too good to be true. Episode 46 was about the notebook. Fools don't take notes. You have to take notes. Everyone on your team has to take notes. More importantly, everyone needs to also know what to do with the notes. (laughs) You can't just take notes, close the notebook, and put it away. We talked about the processing center concept and note management. Go back and re-listen to that episode if if the processing center sounds new to you. Episode 47, The Enemy of Good. Stop making perfect the enemy of good. 
there will never be perfect. No matter how much of a perfectionist you are today, you are going to look back and you are going to realize how much more you could have done. Leadership can talk all they want. They can hire all the consultants, whatever they want to do. But if you want to see the change, you have to go beyond just buy-in. You have to actually become the change you want to see. 